Hi, I'm Eric, also known as TrekkieV47, from the Ranger Command Power Hour and the Starfleet Escape Podcast. You're listening to another great Four-Eyed Radio product. For more shows, check out foureyedradio.com. It's morphin' time! Wallop and web snappers! My spider sense is tingling. Anybody else's spider sense tingling? Welcome to Walloping Web Snappers, a Spider-Man podcast where we dive into every Spider-Man cartoon ever made. I'm Derek. And I'm Doug. And is your spider sense tingling? It is, Derek, and it's telling me we found an episode I genuinely like. Yes! I was hoping so! <laughs> I do, too! To listen to the show, find us on 4 and wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs, illustration and design that fit your personality. For samples and inquiries, visit revengelover.com. Before we dive into this episode, we do have some business we had word snappers words <laughs> last week. Who could have guessed what they I, were? I, you know, they were just so naturally inserted into our deep conversation. I don't know how, how anybody could have guessed I was forced to say anything. Yeah, those words were apparently tiny hands. Yes, that's you. Submitted <laughs> by our patron Katie. Is that an inside joke or something? It is. Okay. It is. Okay. There's a there's a Britney Spears song and there's a, a line in it that's Tiny Hands, Yes, That's You. Uh oh. What song and is that? I think it might be called Tiny Hands. I've never Or heard My it? Baby. It I've might be called it. My Baby. Okay. I'm pretty sure it was on I'm pretty sure it was on her like seven album or something it was a song that like she wrote i think on her own and was really proud of and it's not very good oh no well (laughs) everybody has their strengths and weaknesses so exactly that's so funny if you would like to submit words they don't have to be inside jokes but they can be weird uh and they should be britney spears lyrics sure yeah (laughs) you could submit uh you could submit words to our word snappers game uh, on patreon just by becoming a patron at any level um you can uh basically submit words every month that we have to work into our podcast that we're recording that month somehow no matter how weird and nonsensical they are, um, even if they're Britney Spears lyrics that mm-hmm. I've never heard of. So cool. <laughs> that no one's ever heard of. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So it's, it's not just me being no. like, okay, cool, cool. No. It's like the second to last track on an album with a bunch of banger singles. No one was going to listen to this song. <laughs> aw, aw. Poor tiny hands. Mm, you know. <laughs> Yeah, so this episode we're talking about, it's one we actually kind of like, so that's nice. Yeah. That's that's, that's refreshing. Oh, yeah. I was so excited to talk to you about this one. Good. I was really coming in being like, I'm going to have to, I'm going to be like, I low-key kind of like this, and then Doug's no. going to be like, this sucks. What are you talking about? And then I'm going to be like, oh my God, it mm-hmm. does suck, and I didn't realize it. Good. Nope. I'm glad that this one, this one's good. I have some, I have like some issues with it, you know, but it's more with how this show works, I think, overall. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's actually surprisingly solid. So this is another another interesting one, I think, like in terms of context for it, because according to the DVD commentary, this isn't really a surprise, but it's it's fun to have it like set in stone. MTV did have a mandate of incorporating musical acts as much as possible, according to the producers. So I'm shocked. Right. Yeah. I mean, who could have guessed? But it's uh, cool, though. I actually like that. Right. If you're going to be on MTV, why not? 
Right. And like, and the creative staff, at least on, on the commentary seemed to be totally on board with it. It, it doesn't seem like anybody considered this like a millstone around their neck or anything like that. Mm-hmm. You know? So they were like, yeah, we, we did legitimately try to reach out to as many musicians as possible, which is how you get Rob Zombie playing the lizard. But they, they do like admit that they weren't really as successful as getting as many as they wanted. So like, I don't, I, to my memory, I don't think that there's that many considering that this is a mandate. You'd think you would run mm. into more. So they're probably so going gonna... to like one of the bigger gets, if not like yes. the biggest get. <laughs> Absolutely. 100%. Okay. I was wondering about that. Yeah. I, I, I would argue this is probably the biggest get for them. Like Rob okay. Zombie, obviously he's kind of in his own sort of league, but like sure. Eve for being like a contemporary popular yeah. artist at the time. I think this is definitely their biggest get. They like kind of casually throw out like, yeah, you know, you try to write Gwen Stefani's agent and Gwen Stefani's agents doesn't get back to you. I don't know <laughs> if they were just joking or if that's just something they literally tried to do. Early and, 2000s, I bet they literally tried to do it. Yeah, I would be really curious of like, I wonder who they tried to get Gwen Stefani to play on this show. <laughs> Hopefully Maybe. Mary Jane. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> I like this Mary Jane just fine. This voice actor for Lisa Loeb, right? Is like totally fine. (laughs) She's good. No, yeah. Well, I like Lisa Loeb just fine. I still don't like this Mary Jane very much, but I like Lisa Loeb's performance as this Mary Jane. Important clarification that I fully agree with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so, you know, that's how you end up with Eve on this show. And speaking of Eve, we'll kind of dig into her a little bit later if you aren't familiar with who she is. But um, the Eve factor does kind of change what this episode is because kind of like the Craven episode, the sort of Chicago episode that we did that was last week right yeah um it's like last week's episode it it is a case where they originally wrote it for a different comic book character unsurprisingly this was originally a black cat episode but then when mtv was like hey can you guys get eve on here we think she's interesting or interested in it right um Mm -hmm. they instead of just like casting eve as black cat which would have been fine you could have just done that she basically is black cat um Uh, almost (laughs) entirely yeah like one major difference what 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 what? she's not at all interested in (laughs) spider-man exactly that's the only and you know that could have changed in like future reappearances you know but uh, but what Adu Patton, the showrunner, said on the commentary, he says, and I quote, the character was changed to be more in line with who Eve was. So we worked, reworked the character for the talent. Mm. I think that they, I le- legitimately think. I don't like what's between the lines there. Right. Right. I think they just didn't want Black Cat to be a black woman. I I think yeah. that's literally all it is. Which And it might not have been conscious. It might literally have just been a group of guys who are like, well, she couldn't be Felicia Hardy, right? It's so right. obvious. She's just so different. It's just like, but it's just like, but then you still just wrote Black Cat. Like, I don't understand. Right. Exactly. <laughs> like, this exactly. Can, this, this, for all intents and purposes, Talon in this episode is just this show's Black Cat. Like, mm-hmm. it, it is a perfectly reasonable interpretation of Black Cat. It's, yeah. It's and, so and it's silly. exactly what they would have done if if they got Eve to do Black Cat right now. This it wouldn't have been that different. They would be like the exact same character. They would just call her Black Cat. Right. <laughs> like, right. Like it's it's so silly. It's so silly. It is so. And I mean, honestly, and probably mildly problematic. <laughs> I, no, I think it definitely is. No, I think it's totally fair. If not explicitly so. <laughs> yeah. I no. I would say I would argue it's explicitly problematic because yeah. the fact that there is literally no reason for her to not be Black Cat. And, mm-hmm. and given the quote to be more in line with who Eve was, yeah. Eve isn't like, like this character doesn't seem like she fits Eve's personality in real life at all. So like, what does right. that She's mean? She's acting. She's an actor. <laughs> right. She plays characters all the time. 
I'm pretty sure she hasn't like just her. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she hasn't just like do flips to like steal trophies yeah. and shit. Like I don't. Yeah, uh, no, it's a it's a racist thing. Like it's it sucks. Yeah. I don't like it, but it's bad. The, but she's great. She is. I really like her in this episode. And really, I guess the only upside to them not changing anything else about it is that you can very easily just get rid of the cognitive dissonance and be like, this is Black Hat. Cool. Okay. She's just mm-hmm. called Talon for some reason. Yeah. And it's fine. I think and I think the episode's all the better for it. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Weird. Very weird. Very weird. Uh, if you'd like to watch this episode along with us, it is currently available for digital purchase on Amazon Prime. And it's also on DVD. Uh, The episode we are talking about of Spider-Man, the new animated series, is episode five on DVD order or episode four in airing order entitled Keeping Secrets. The synopsis per IMDb is Spider-Man faces Talon, a female thief who has been stealing things around the city. Things get worse when he learns her true identity. Mm. Original air date was July 18th, 2003. It was written by Marcia F. Griffin, who uh, actually we're, we're kind of familiar with some of her work because she's the executive producer of Marvel Rising in general. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think I don't know. I guess because I feel special- like that actually explains a lot about why I like this episode so much. I think so. Yeah. I think this episode does some things really well that previous episodes have done very poorly. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, and I think like because Marvel Rising, because they're a bunch of specials, I guess they don't have a showrunner. But I feel like if I remember correctly, when researching that show, she is more or less the showrunner of Marvel Rising is basically sure. what her role is. So definitely a big creative force on it. Um, she also is the executive producer of the Guardians of the Galaxy cartoon, uh, the 2017 Spider-Man. She's a producer. Oh. On, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, she stayed with Spider-Man. Um, I think I think she is like a producer with Sony is the thing. So like. She gotcha. Probably, yeah. She's also a producer or was a producer on Max Steel and a rough next the Starship Troopers Chronicles, which has come up many, many times. Lots of connections Mm -hmm. uh, with those shows here Um, as a writer. Specifically, she has written on Kim Possible, Jackie Chan Adventures, Batman, the Brave and the Bold, all of which we've done Patreon commentaries on. If you want to check those out on our Patreon, Um, she's also written a number of Transformers shows and she's written a bunch of Barbie movies. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh I'm assuming these are like recent Barbie, yeah, Barbie yeah. movies. Yeah, like so. These are the ones that people like actually are like. frequently like. Holy shit, these are actually good. Yeah, I think some of her most recent credits are still like Barbie movies that have been okay. coming out. So yeah, yeah, she seems good. I think I like her. I was gonna say. So what what you're saying is that I need to be explicitly a Marsha F. Griffin fan. It seems like it. I mean, all right. <laughs> it seems like Sign it. me up. Hey, look, anybody who's able to like get us to like an episode of this show, wow, you well, did great work. <laughs> especially for the reasons I like it, which we'll we'll get into. But I it's very specific things I like about it that seem like they are because she wrote this. Yeah, yeah. I, I think so too. This episode was directed by Alan Caldwell. He's directed on Extreme Ghostbusters, Godzilla the series, Roughnecks the Starship Troopers Chronicles, Max Steel, Jackie Chan Adventures, and Stretch Armstrong and the Flex Fighters. Those last two we've done commentaries on, and the rest of them I think we've listed multiple times already, even just five episodes of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of cro- creator crossover. He also has worked on a sto- as a storyboard artist on a whole bunch of other projects including Marvel Rising, Guardians of the Galaxy, various Transformers, and the recent Amazon Invincible show, actually. Mm. Yeah, it was just pretty, pretty, it was a pretty big show, so still working on good stuff. 
Nice. Well, we've talked about her already a decent amount, but worth calling out some of her acting credits, especially uh, the main character that we're introduced to here is Talon. Like you said, her name is Cheyenne and she is voiced by Eve. Eve is primarily, or I shouldn't say primarily at this point, but like I think was first known um, as a rapper, but she has a lot of acting under her belt. I think she's one of those folks that you could, you could just call either one and it's, perfectly sure. fair to say either one first yeah. i think at the um, time i feel like at the time her sitcom yeah. had just started so she it probably had. was still primarily a rapper when yes. this show aired yes yeah she was primarily a rapper when she would have done this show but you're right one of her one of her big things right around this time was her own sitcom called eve it's funny it was one of those sitcoms that was named after the actor but the main character wasn't even called eve oh my god like she had a so different silly. name in the show that's so funny why did the, why was that such a thing that was like such a thing. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, but that was a thing that, that she definitely, definitely did was she was part of that trend. But uh, yeah, it was Eve. It was on in the early 2000s. I think it lasted a, a few years. I think it was like 2003 to 2006 or something like that. Mm. Um, and she currently stars in the ABC musical drama Queens, um, which I think also has like Brandy and a bunch of other uh, oh, wow. really important folks in it too. Yeah, I've never even heard of that show. That's awesome. I think it's very recent. It either is okay. like fall 2021 or like winter 2022 like i think it's a very new show uh, my interest is peaked i like the idea mm-hmm. of a musical drama with even brandy in it that sounds rad yeah. and i think <laughs> musical drama meaning like maybe a well if if, if if all of them are involved i'm sure there's music yeah. i was gonna say i don't know if this is a drama about music but calling it a musical drama i feel like means something specific yeah for sure um but i don't i don't know a ton about it because i haven't watched it either but yeah i'm also i'm also very interested <laughs> yeah she also has appeared in all three of the barbershop films. Uh, she played a character named Rosa Sparks in the <laughs> roller derby film Whip It. Okay. Uh, yep. Uh, and <laughs> and for four years, which totals about 600 episodes, she was one of the hosts of The Talk. Oh, wow. Which I didn't even know. I didn't know she but was I don't on that know, either. I don't know anything about The Talk. <laughs> I only learned it existed because <laughs> when Supergirl was airing on CBS, there's like one episode where they do one random crossover with The, with the Talk because oh. that was also on CBS. Well, you know, the only reason I even know about The Talk is because it is on CBS and Julie Chen Moonves was for a very long time one of the panelists and she's the gotcha. host of Big Brother. So like that was my only exposure was just like knowing she was on another show. Gotcha. <laughs> I saw the cross crossover and I was like, oh, Sarah Gilbert's on that. And I like her and then forgot that it happened. Is it still on? I don't know. <laughs> it is. It oh. is. And the only reason I know it's still on is because um, what is his name? There's some guy who's one of the hosts now, which was which seems like a departure for the show. Sure. But some guy who was a guest on Celebrity Big Brother with Julie Chen Moon. It was weird. But anyway, it's still on. All that to say it's still on. Cool. Cool. <laughs> I'm sure I'm mm-hmm. sure our podcast audience is just riveted by our Thrilled conversation by the about talk, the talk. talk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But this was really exciting to me. I was trying to figure out who the voice was. The whole time the episode was happening Mm -hmm. and I didn't guess Eve because I was thinking purely just like voice actors I might know. Yeah. You know? And so when I looked it up and was like, oh my God, that's so awesome. Like I was very excited. Well, yeah. And because, you know, because she hasn't, doesn't really have any other voice acting credits to her name and, and Mm -hmm. knowing where her career that, that she hadn't done a ton of acting at this point, like. I don't, yeah, you wouldn't really expect her to be as good as she is, and she's really good. <laughs> yeah, no, she's fantastic. 
Yeah. She's great. This is, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about why I think probably when we get to the end of the episode, but I want Cheyenne to be my favorite character of the show so far. Mm-hmm. And I think the only reason she isn't is just where this story goes. Yeah. You know, we, we don't know. We really don't know right. very much about her, unfortunately, right. which, which is a thing that I like about the episode that I think mm-hmm. it does it intentionally where it's sort of like, you want to learn more about her, don't yeah. you? Um, but you know, what, when you're at the end of this episode, yeah, you, you, the downside is that you don't really know anything about her. So honestly, like it might, if she were a bigger character or a longer running character, she probably wouldn't have been played by Eve. So, well, I don't know that for sure, but yeah. it, I guess that's a possibility, right? Sure. Sure. So yeah. that, that's I'll, a, that's I'll take fair. it. That's I'll fair. take it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But what a, I, I, that was just really exciting to me. So much about this episode to be excited about, which Yay. is so refreshing. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad. Uh, I was so worried coming into this See, one. Like, is well, this going to be another one where I just like feel no. bad at the end of it? No, good. Yes, I was. Well, and I was my okay. Were right. I said at one point, I am open. Like, I'm not. I, I don't want after two episodes to just be like, this isn't a show I will like. I was confident that this show had the potential to have an episode along the way that I would be like really pumped for. Yeah. This is maybe the one, if not one of however many, right? Right. I don't know if this writer writes on any other episodes. I hope she does, but <laughs> I'm not going to hold my breath. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, this is, this is good. This is very good. And I, I will say, cause we're about to jump into what, like the actual plot of this episode. I will say one of the things I really like about this episode is it's very conversational. It has a ton of really well-written dialogue. The yeah. characters interacting with each other is the most natural the show yeah. has ever felt. Yeah. And as a result of that, there's not a ton of like plot. It's not like super yeah. plot heavy. So there's it's... not a ton of like plot points to get through. It's just a ton of really good character interaction and character exploit. All these characters, which I believe I said like last week or the week before, these characters do not feel like they are fully figured out. Yeah. Marsha F. Griffin gets these characters and yeah. wrote them incredibly well. I, I wish that she, I wish she were the showrunner or was like a writer on every episode or just was the dialogue writer or something. Cause like <laughs> they just, they finally felt like alive. It's so funny that you say that because one of the, one of the notes that I had from the commentary, I was going to bring it up at some point, like during a conversation scene or whatever. But one of the notes from the commentary is that even though this is like, in airing order and like intended order is like a few episodes down the line. This was the first one that was the first episode that was written after the pilot. And they say on the commentary, like this is the one where they kind of felt more free to kind of nailing down the voices of Peter, MJ and Harry. And I do think you feel that. I just think yeah. it's weird that it doesn't seem to have stuck after this episode. Well, because I, th- <laughs> because, okay, here's the thing. You can be a really good actor and struggle to deliver something that's just not written fully to its potential. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, I feel like that's the type of thing Robert Pattinson and Kristen Stewart have been dealing with for the past decade. Uh-huh. Right? <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. They're both incredible actors. <laughs> Hayden yeah. Christensen's another good example. People yeah. who get shit on for their acting, but that's not actually accurate. They're all really good actors. Right. Um, and, and this cast is clearly good at what they do but they're just often given stuff that it doesn't feel natural or isn't written in ways that make sense or feels like it's an afterthought to like the plottiness of certain episodes. Um, And this feels like it just, it just gave them all the room in the world to breathe and just interact 
um, like actual human beings. Right. Uh, well, it's, it's so yeah. Cool. It's an episode that I think. I mean, we're talking about so much off the top, but it's, well, because again, it's, there's it's, not a lot of plot points to yeah, it. Yeah. So like, but that's what I was just gonna say. Like, it's almost like a thing where I could see if someone is watching this and isn't invested in the character stuff, this episode could read kind of boring because there isn't a lot of plot stuff. But I think that this show doesn't really do action very well. well it doesn't it, it, really do villain reason. plots very well. well so for when not it, a good reason. <laughs> right. And so when it focuses on just like, honestly, the type of character story that you, if you just like replace the, the, like the robbery sequences with just like a couple of other things, this would just be like a regular show, regular teen show somewhere, yeah. you know, like yeah. the, the, the main antagonist stuff. of this episode could just be like, the bad girl at school. Right. Right. Like it's, it's, that's all this is. And I think that like, if you're going to do a Spider-Man show, that's like aiming to a slightly older audience that wouldn't be good on Saturday mornings. Um, I think that this is what this show should be. I don't think they, I agree. They shouldn't be trying to tackle this gray area, social issues stuff because they clearly don't do it very well. They shouldn't be trying to shoot for making it as violent as possible or whatever. Cause they don't do that very well. And it just gets annoying and dated really easily. If you, I think this is the kind of stuff that wouldn't work on Saturday morning TV because it is mm-hmm. too slow and too boring for kids. But if you're old enough to appreciate character dynamics and get invested in relationship stuff, it's like relatable relationship stuff. It's interesting. It's compelling on a relationship level. Just seeing people talk and deal with their you know emotions and internal stuff. This show feels like the show that you have talked about wanting on like the CW for Spider-Man. Absolutely. Or or rather, it feels like the show that should be that because it frequently isn't that. But this episode indicates it could have been. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. You just have you have Spider-Man, a Spider-Man plot with like teen relationship stuff Mm -hmm. that that, it's like moi. That's what the comics are. Right. Like, (laughs) it's perfect. Right. Exactly. It's weird that the show wasn't trying to do this more often. I don't know. Yeah. No, no, no. It's uh, let's just let's just celebrate this one and let's just like live in this moment. Let's luxuriate in the episode that is this one. Yeah, it's so great. Okay, so let's get into what this what actually happens in this episode. So it opens with Spider-Man confronting a high tech burglar after she breaks into and escapes from a penthouse apartment of some kind, dozens of stories above street level. And we know that this must be some famous person's uh, penthouse because she steals like an MTV award, which I thought was a really cute detail. Specifically an MTV (laughs) movie award. It's so funny. (laughs) Yes, it's really great. It's like that little golden popcorn thing. Yeah. So yeah. funny. And why not? If you're going to, I mean, if you're going to have your show uh, and it's going to, it's going to forever be known as the MTV show. Yeah. Put it in there. You know? Right. I, I, I appreciate that more than just like hip pop culture references and mm-hmm. stuff, you know, like this yeah. feels like they're aware of what, what network they're on. And that's, I, I, I appreciate that. I also love the detail. Cause this is, this is, this is especially funny to me because it is an MTV award on uh, the MTV's network. I love that Spider-Man and honestly Talon kind of agree that the award itself is worthless, like monetarily. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. Spider-Man's like, why are you even stealing like that? It's not worth any money. And she's like, I know it's not, but <laughs> I yeah. think that's really funny. <laughs> it's really funny. <laughs> anyway, they do briefly clash on the side of the building. She's not in there for very long before he finds her. So they, they briefly clash on the side of the building, which is very cool. I, I knew I was going to be hyped for this episode very quickly. Because all of her, I know you said they don't do action very well. I think this episode, despite not having a ton of action in it, maybe does some of the best Spider-Man action we've seen so far. Sure. Well, there are there are some cool movements that he has, and I do think that the fact that Talon specifically 
is just a person who's like kind of athletic and acrobatic, mm-hmm. like helps because lots of acrobatic stuff going yeah. on in this episode. I, one of my favorite things is before she steals the MTV movie award, like she spots it in the mirror and then just like does a backflip over the bed for uh-huh. no reason. Which is <laughs> so funny. Why not? Feels very black cat. <laughs> uh huh. Yep. <laughs> She's black cat. But there's this incredible moment where she so so she breaks into this penthouse apartment doing the like classic like cutting a circle through the glass moment. Um but then she jumps out. I mean she obviously jumps back out the hole she made in the window. There's this incredible shot where Spider-Man jumps out after her and then the camera does this cool thing where it like switches to an like an aerial view and then like like dives with them. It's so cool. Yeah. It's, it's really fuck genuinely cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I just was like, oh man, there's gonna be cool stuff in this episode. Yeah, I agree. So I, I don't know why I was that optimistic having only seen like 30 seconds, but something told me. Something told me that this was gonna be good. So Well, and Talon, or I mean at this you could you, you were probably watching. I did think that she was black, black cat. cat. Yeah. I fully thought this was black cat. Because she doesn't get named until later. So I mean, you're watching a black cat episode and it's a cool black cat. Like mm-hmm. she is cool in this in this opening sequence. Yep. Yeah, I don't I don't it's, blame you for being a She's cool. It. It's they they pull off a fun little set gag like very quickly. They show off cool action very quickly. They seem to maximize what tools they're using when it comes to like camera angles and lighting, which we've always praised. The pra- the lighting's always very good, mm-hmm. um, but it just seemed like they were nailing everything so quickly that I just like felt good. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, the other thing too, when when Spidey is like chasing her, you know, there's a point when he like rips her goggles off and gets a good look at her face, right? Which is important mm-hmm. for later. Um, I swear, and maybe it's just like the way the sound effects sounded, and that's what I'm looking for. I swear, when like she, at, after she like looks at him after he pulls her her goggles off and she gives him like a death death glare, I swear there's like a subtle like wild cat like growl sound effect. Oh, <laughs> I swear I could hear that, and I rewound it. Let's do it again. And like, it's one of those things where like, it's so quiet that like, it could just be the mixture of the music and sound effects makes yeah. it sound like that. And I'm well, looking the show for does that sometimes. <laughs> yeah. And like, you know, I'm looking for like some black cat reference or something yeah. like that. I swear it sounds like that. Mm-hmm. If that was an intentional, just sort of like little, you know, reference, I would appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I choose to believe yeah. so much about this episode is right that I, I'll choose to believe. Sure. Yeah. Um, in any case, Spider-Man does lose her at a construction site when she <laughs> drops an I-beam on the street below. We've seen it. We know exactly what he's going to do. She yeah. succeeds. He obviously opts to catch the I-beam and she gets away. What's really funny about it, though, is she watches him do all this. She doesn't just like run off. She watches him catch the I-beam. And then when he is like, you know, when he's just hanging there, she like blows him a kiss and then walks off. Yeah. Like this it. is all black cat behavior. She is black. <laughs> cat. Just period. She is black cat. black cat. If there were a second season of this show or in the fan fiction, I'm never going to write <laughs> this character returns and she returns and corrects people or just, you know, not, maybe not correct people, but she oh, gets well, named by other people in this episode. Yeah, she, she does not name herself. So in my head canon, she goes on to become a thief who calls themselves black cat. I like that. Yeah. I'm cool with that. <laughs> it works for me. It's just, the ener- I, my energy is just so this episode this episode has brought something out of me. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad. Finally, finally, we don't have to. <laughs> we got there. We got yeah, there. We got there. We got there. This won't be a slog of a season, at least. Even no. you know, even if there are like bad episodes again after this, it's, at least we know that like there's there's moments right. that shine within it. So yes, yeah, I like that. Yeah. So 
The oh next, my God, this next scene. The next day, <laughs> Harry's just standing on top of bridge tower, looking over the ocean, staring down like, uh-huh. uh, what, what, what is happening? This is what we think it is, right? Is this what we think it is? What do you mean? He's... Well, okay, let's uh, go, go ahead and finish the scene, and then let's discuss. <laughs> yeah, because he's, I I don't, I didn't get that read, but I, because mm. it, it's, it looks like he's about to jump off of the belt, jump off of the bridge, uh, but then the thief from the night before in plain clothes shows up, runs past him to bungee jump, ju- bungee jump off the side, and like kind of flirts with him on the way down, and then he's like, oh, cool, and then he also bungee jumps after her. Yeah. I think he was contemplating. Really? I think so. Wow, that's dark. It, I, it is very dark, but last week's episode was also very dark. I mean, um, the reason I think so is because this version of Harry is tortured in a way that feels... Uh, it feels different than a lot of like tortured Harrys. Like, hmm. A lot of tortured Harrys feel like they become angry. Yeah. This tortured Harry feels like he's despairing. Yeah. And I feel like this episode alone, the fact that this results in Harry finding this girl who like makes him feel new things and him not really knowing how to deal with that because he has a hard time connecting with people and mm-hmm. feels like he has all this weight on his shoulders and and kind of like what what Peter and MJ discuss a little bit uh like later yeah. in the episode, like it kind of feels like maybe Harry was like at the end of his rope a little bit. Mm. I mean, like I know he was at a place that clearly is for bungee jumping, but he doesn't have the bungee jumping cords on until she jumps. That's true. It's not like he was standing there with the bungee jumping cord, like the bungee jump cords or whatever that's called the harness. I don't know. I don't know. Like at his feet already. Yeah. I guess like there is a through line for this episode with him with struggling to deal with it. And then honestly that puts an even darker light on the end of it for him. I mean, uh, this Harry's clearly depressed. He is, and he's clearly an alcoholic, which too. doesn't necessarily mean you're suicidal. I want to make that very, very clear. Oh yeah, but but I mean, it's a thing that it that it it can eventually escalate to, you right? Know? Yeah, I mean, he's clearly depressed. People the people kind of comment on it, like he's. I think this Harry is like intentionally made to be kind of more of an alcoholic than most Harrys usually explicitly are, too, uh, which I feel like adds to that too. So yeah, also kind of tracks with the Raimi one <laughs> sure oh yeah absolutely absolutely takes it a little bit further but <laughs> yeah yeah no but that that is an interesting read i don't think that that's uh i i, I think it's very valid actually i think that yeah that creates a, a through line that's even more compelling in this episode with him that actually kind of ups the stakes a bit i think considering it's like this uh meeting this girl kind of rescues him in a way for a little while uh mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. That's mm-hmm. yeesh. That's dark. And and well, so that's how I was reading. Maybe that's part of like why I found this episode so compelling is because that's what I was. That's how I was reading it from the jump. Yeah. Like th- those were the stakes for me. Um, yeah. Because it's like, oh no, if this girl breaks his heart, like this could be the end for him potentially because he he's at such a low place anyway. Yeah. Damn. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I have a, a fun fact to lighten the mood. Sure. I did check bungee jumping off of like New York bridges is technically illegal. So they are breaking the law doing this, but it is a thing people have done apparently. So yeah. like, people will do it anyway. As long as you don't get caught, you, you can, it is high enough for you to successfully do it. Um, if you want to, it, you just yeah. could get arrested for doing it. 
I will say though, they could not successfully jumpy jumpy bunch bungee jump off of this bridge they're jumping off of, which is not a real bridge that I could find because the the tower of this bridge goes outward. It's not yeah. straight up and down. <laughs> so where are they jumping from? Oh no. <laughs> But uh, but that's just this show having to create a bridge because they can't replicate a real bridge. Right. I, I, or not that they couldn't, but I don't know that they necessarily have the resources, like the time resources to do that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm wrong, somebody please tell me what this bridge is because I could not find it. <laughs> you were looking up whether bungee jumping off of bridges were real. I was looking through like a dozen New York bridges to wow. find this. That's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> just generic New York bridge. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Well, presumably, I think days or weeks later, I yeah, think I'm definitely. reading this correctly. At first, I didn't realize that that, that much time had passed, but a significant amount of time later, um, we meet up with Peter and MJ, and Peter's reading a newspaper article with a headline story about this thief that has been pulling off these heists, mm-hmm. and the newspaper is calling her Talon, and he mm-hmm. acknowledges that the newspaper has named her that, yeah. which I do think is a critical detail for my my headcanon <laughs> that she becomes Black Cat later. Yeah, he's like, oh, um, these newspaper guys read too many comics. Oh, ho, ho, whoa, it's a comic <laughs> book show. Whoa. Bro, you named yourself Spider-Man. I know, right? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, but as he's reading this newspaper and talking about this this silly name, Talon, which is actually a cool name. Yeah, it's way uh, cooler than Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. Yes, 100%. Uh, Mary Jane walks up with some coffee and they start talking about Harry. And the two are kind of worried about Harry because they say he's been missing and Peter even says like, yeah, he says he's like been hanging out at the library, which clearly isn't true because that boy doesn't read. Um, (laughs) And MJ's like, yeah, that's so strange. Right. Um, So they're not sure where he's been. And I think, I don't think their worry is entirely this, this sort of, this is me wanting this to support my read of his situation on the bridge. But like, I don't think they would worry about him being missing like this if they weren't already kind of worried about him to begin with, you know, but I don't know. Sure. Maybe I'm putting too much on that, but they're worried that he's been missing lately. And we, we learn that that's because he's been spending time with this, this woman that he met on the bridge. Right. Cause he shows up and he tells them, Oh, well, I've met somebody. I just didn't want to tell you about her. Cause like, I don't know. I, it's weird. Like, I think I might actually have feelings for her. And they're like gobsmacked. Mm-hmm. They're like Peter and, and MJ are like totally dumbfounded that Harry Osborne millionaire playboy could have feelings for a girl. Yeah. Yep. Yep. There's also a really great line where like, <laughs> see, this is what I'm talking about. Their dialogue is written so well in this. There's a moment where MJ says, oh, you don't want to tell us about her. She's too good for us. And Harry goes, well, she is too good for you. But <laughs> yeah. and I was like, that's so good. That's, a, yeah. that's how these characters should be interacting with each other. The way they make fun of each other in this moment is clearly how the other writers wanted them to be. But they yeah. usually just come across as like mean or nonsensical. Right. Like there's, you know, there's, it's, I think it's one of those things where it's like you try to write your like friends sitcom dialogue where it's just like, could I be anymore? Blah, blah, blah. And like everybody's sarcastic and joking at each other. And like you, you can, I, you can either do it well or you can't. Like you, they're yeah. either going to be mean to each other or it's going to be funny. Even if it's like unreal, unrealistic dialogue, like the gentle ribbing often might be mean in real life, but like you can tell on TV, sh- on a TV show when it's like you're laughing with the character versus are the characters just, do they just hate each other? Um, and this show has played both sides of that now at this point. So <laughs> it's a very difficult touch to have. 
I don't think it's something you cannot learn, but it's like a hard thing to learn because yeah. really it just takes being able to like observe natural conversation and then mimic that natural conversation in your writing. And it's clear that she's really good at it. And some of these other writers don't have that touch yet sure. or for some reason with these characters. Right. Oh, so good the way that they poke fun at each other in this episode. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, because there is still genuine care behind it. So. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Right, they're making fun of each other in the way that you make fun of good friends, not people you don't like. Right. So Harry invites Peter and MJ to meet his new girlfriend, who's named Cheyenne, later that night. Uh, so they're at his apartment, Harry and Peter's apartment. Uh, and when she arrives, Peter immediately recognizes her as the I thief. love that. It's a funny moment, too, because, like, he opens the door and she's, like, really nice. I love this is, like, I, I think Eve's performance differentiating between Cheyenne as Cheyenne and Cheyenne when she's, like, full-on Talon persona. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not vastly different personas, but, like, her performance is, like, so much softer when she's Cheyenne. And, like, she mm-hmm. does just sound like a regular lady. Like, it's smarter because you know? she's, she's a burglar, but she's also a con artist. Right. So like, she has to be able to do that and she does it really well. Like yeah, Eve does it really well to portray the fact that Cheyenne is doing it very well. Right. And she's even like, even, and, and even I'll, I'll credit the animation too, like between the animation and Eve's performance. Like I love just how, like she kind of plays herself as being kind of shy. Like when he opens the door, she's like, hi, I'm, I'm Cheyenne. And it's just like super awkward that Peter is just, staring at her silently Mm -hmm. and she's like um okay is harry here like it's really it's really good (laughs) and like really realistic and it's like a thing where it's like you know that she's like a thief and the bad guy technically but you also like feel bad for her because it is so awkward and kind of creepy the way that peter's being right now Mm -hmm. yeah also because you pointed out her face i don't want to i don't want to credit i think there are other things that are done really well in this episode that aren't just the writing i think there are a lot of things that went right Mm -hmm. i think the animators nailed facial expressions in this episode Mm -hmm. in a way that like maybe it's maybe it's because things were more in sync or whatever but the facial expressions all landed so well yeah yeah, for sure. For sure. But yeah, so like I said, Peter recognizes her and he's really awkward about it. But regardless, the dinner goes pretty well <laughs> until Peter, who's just like <laughs> had enough, I guess, is just like, hey, did you know Harry's rich? <laughs> and I love that Harry immediately doesn't even miss a beat. He's just like, Peter, what the hell? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Correct reaction. Peter has absolutely no chill. <laughs> None. None whatsoever. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, and you know what? I had this in my notes too, but this it it didn't it didn't hit click with me as much. But given your reading that Peter and Harry Jane recognize that Harry is in a dark place, uh-huh. when they're alone, Peter explicitly says to Mary Jane, "Like Harry's been such a train wreck lately. Like I hope that she'll be good for him or something mm-hmm. like that." And like when I first watched it, I was just like, "What do you mean he's been a train wreck? That seems kind of a mean thing to say." But if it's something where they have noticed that he has just not been doing well in general. It's it's not the the most sensitive way to, to frame that, right. but it does sound like we have noticed that Harry is on some kind of downward spiral. So, yeah. and I do yeah. think I think it works for my reading, but I do think it is worth noting that that type of thing shouldn't come across as a surprise. I do think it indicates they haven't necessarily built up to this moment properly. Absolutely not. (laughs) Um, I think when you look backwards, you can kind of see the factors that could get him to a place like this, but I don't think they explicitly showed it very well. Yeah, I agree. But at least in the context of this episode, Mm -hmm. it works. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think if they had started with this episode and just worked backwards and forwards, I think they would have been in a great place. <laughs> Why didn't they write saying. this one? And then, because this is only the second one they wrote, they could have been like, hmm, the first one we wrote, not very good. So let's like re- redo that. Right? <laughs> Marsha, get in here. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> also, I love that Harry is so bad at cooking. But oh, they don't so even recognize that they're eating chicken. I don't know why that's funny to me in like every show, but the idea that somebody could cook something so poorly that you don't even know what it is cracks me up. <laughs> right. Like, what did you do? <laughs> I don't know. I've never seen chicken this color, MJ says. Oh, God. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really surprised they didn't do the gag where they just ordered pizza. You know, I feel oh, like that's yeah. usually what this joke ends with is like, I'll just order a pizza. Yeah. Yeah, I also, this is such a low blow, but like the animation of the pot boiling over, it's so funny to me. It's so like old school, like just the bubbles and everything. It's like, oh, this definitely feels like 2003 now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, Wait, do you have any thoughts on their triangular table? Oh, geez. Uh, my thoughts are that it's stupid. That's about it. <laughs> That's about where mine end too, but yeah, I just because they do like a, a shot from the ceiling, it's very notable that they're or noticeable rather that their table is a triangle. Yeah, weird design choice. Someone made that in a computer and put it in this show yeah, for some sure reason. <laughs> it's don't it's know why beca- because they can't make they can't make Harry and uh, Peter's apartment ornate, so they have to make it like modern art that would be like stu- like expensive, but you don't know why, you know. So I yeah. feel like that's what they do. Is they just choose like weird shapes. Right. Because remember he had that weird sculpture? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yep. yep. I feel like that's that's the desi- design aesthetic of this apartment. It's just weird shapes that cost too much. <laughs> weird shapes that cost. I mean, that's kind of this show in a nutshell, isn't it? Sure. Anyway. <laughs> weird shapes that probably cost too much. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, except for this episode. This episode's good. Yeah. No, this is, yeah, this is good. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like, Cheyenne's like, no, it's cool. I I know he's rich. I I knew that. I dated him anyway. I'm a trust fund kid. I don't care. Another, just another great moment. Yeah. I I knew that and I dated him anyway. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, Cheyenne. Do you want to be friends with these four right now? Seriously. Do you think that she really is a trust fund kid or do you think she's lying about her backstory? Because we don't know know the truth at all. Yeah. We, uh, yeah, we never, we never learned the truth. I think it's possible and potentially likely that she is, in fact, a trust fund kid, if only because some of the conversations she has with Spider-Man later could point to that, right. that they could support that. Because she does, on a number of occasions, both as Cheyenne and Talon, indicate or explicitly state that she's not in it for the money and that money doesn't matter that much to her. Sure. We don't know why she's doing the things she's doing, which is kind of a knock against the episode. I would like to know. Yeah. Um, the vibe is just that she just does it because it's fun. <laughs> like, it it's what could it seems be. like. It could be. It could just be that she's a con artist and she just lives for the thrill of it, right? And if she is a trust fund kid and if she does, you know, Harry says we're both we're both rich and have have family troubles or something like that. We're perfect for each other. Mm-hmm. If it's true that that is her circumstance as well, this could be like the story of like the rich kid who's have had everything handed to them and has lived like a safe life their whole life mm-hmm. and is like seeking some sort of like danger or thrill as an sure. outlet for like feeling trapped. Like that would make perfect sense, but it yeah. is not clear. It's also entirely possible that this is just part of the con. Yeah. I, I do think, you know, it's, it's like on one hand, yeah, it's a knock against the episode that like, we really know so little about her by the end of it, but it's also like 
kind of an advantage too, because then there's nothing to really criticize. Like you, you can fill in the gaps mm-hmm. as much as you want because it she it really fun to think about. It makes it really fun to think about, you know, and it, and it's, and it seems like that's part of her character is to keep things so close to the chest that you can't, you can't trust anything that she says or does because you genuinely don't, you genuinely don't really know ultimately what her motivations are, which again, like saying you don't know what a character's motivations are is usually like a fundamental problem with a character, but you can play with it, but yeah, you can play with it. And she's not, she's not the main character. She is meant to be kind of an obstacle, you know, in, in, in this show. So like when you have someone who is like, seems to be like completely unknowable, mm-hmm. like that, that feels intentional. And I feel like it, it, that ends up working in this episode's favor. You know what? Maybe it's more accurate to say that it's not a knock against this episode, but it's a knock against the season of television we got. Because I'm pretty confident, I don't know this for a fact because I didn't explicitly look for it, but I'm pretty confident this is the only episode Talon shows up in. If she doesn't, and if she shows up again, or if it's not and she shows up again, maybe we reevaluate. But like, if this is the only Talon content Mm -hmm. we get, it's a bummer because this episode works so well in making us intrigued and wanting to know more that she's, she's built as the perfect character to return. She's built as the perfect character to intersect with Spider-Man again, almost on accident or out of necessity, you know? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Like, like, like imagine the episode where they're forced to team up for some reason. Oh my God, I would love to see that. I know, right? Like this needs to be at least three episodes where like you have this episode where she's unknowable and we never learn what we want to know about her. And it's like driving us crazy, right? Because like, we just want to know more. Like we just want more of her. And then the next episode is the like begrudging allies one. And then the third one would be, you know, probably just like a conclusion of the the dynamic. But right. I just, uh, I, I think, yes, all that to say it works really well for this episode, but ends up being frustrating based on not getting more. Sure. Sure. Hey, you know what? I'm just happy they didn't kill her at the end. So. Oh my God. I was worried. Um, I mean. <laughs> killed yep. like every other person on the show. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah um yeah they, they all handle it well uh peter is still you know not it's still suspicious he gets an elbow to the ribs from mj love that for his shitty comment again even though i understand where peter's coming from mm-hmm. dude you have no chill worst way to go about doing this man yeah um <laughs> cheyenne excuses herself for the night uh, explaining that she has to pack for a ski trip with her friends and Harry's like, oh, please, can you stay? And uh, she's like, well, I can't blow off my friends. So, no, I can't stay. And I'm going to be gone for a little while. Yes. So later that night, we see why Cheyenne left uh, <laughs> relatively early. She's suiting up to pull off another burglary. However, she doesn't complete the hit because Spider-Man finds her and basically just like talks her ear off until she's like, okay, fine. Leave me alone. Bye. Like, that's pretty <laughs> that's much so what funny. happens. It's so funny. <laughs> like she so fully, funny. and we know that she fully intended to pull off whatever she was trying to do that night. Like we know it. it's confirmed. Um, in like the next scene, but basically yeah. he's just talking her ear off being like, why are you doing what you're doing? Why you could be hurting people. You seem like maybe this isn't your thing. I don't understand you. And she's like, yes, exactly. You don't understand me. You don't know me. Leave me alone. Like- it's so funny too, because it, I, there's so many points when it seems like they're going to go into some direction of like, here's what her tragic backstory is. She like, even she's fakes that survival. Yeah. Yeah. And she's just like, 
no. <laughs> I like her line. You really think this Oprah moment was going to give me some mm-hmm. kind of epiphany? It's like she's like almost like rebuffing like a very like, you know, yeah. a very well-worn trope of like convincing <laughs> the villain that they're actually yeah. good all along. She's like, no, I'm not stupid. I know what you're doing. I want right. to do it because I want to do it. Leave me alone. You're annoying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so it's funny. great. I love it. I love it. Because clearly Spider-Man's coming from the position of knowing who she is without her knowing who he is. So he's like, I know that Harry cares about this woman. And I know that if she keeps doing this stuff, it's going to somehow hurt Harry along the way. If they stay together for a long time, I know this because I am also, I am Spider-Man. I also have a secret identity. And so if I can just convince her to stop, maybe I can solve all of this without having to tell Harry what she's doing. But that's not going to work because she likes doing what she's doing. <laughs> yeah, it's and that that not all the time, but oftentimes is a pretty quintessential black cat type of archetype or, or quality, you know, where it's just like she's not evil. She's not like she's she doesn't not trying to get revenge or anything like right. that. She's just like, I don't know. I think it's fun. Like I just like <laughs> stealing stuff. Yeah, it's cool. Right. Like, mm-hmm. look how great I am at it. If I'm good at it, why don't I keep doing it? It's right. Fun. Yeah. Watch I, I everybody that. squirm and scramble. <laughs> yeah. What do you think of the uh, suit up montage that, the, that she has with all like the blueprint background? I like it. This is the I kind of too. stuff I was talking about early on that I said, I think has a lot of potential. These sort of like, they're not eye grabs, but they're kind of eye grabs because mm-hmm. they're, they're usually at the beginning or the end of us. They're usually between story points or like they're usually between narrative moments or something i think they're really fun and i think they could be and probably still are because we've seen a number of them i think they could be like one of the defining characteristics of this show if they would just lean further into it yeah it's really fun i mean it's distinct and it's a thing you know you like never see on any other cartoon yeah you know it's indulgent it doesn't it doesn't serve the story it doesn't like there's no dialogue over it they're not Mm -hmm. using it to communicate plot points they're purely just like again like luxuriating in the moment like we have this cool character who uses cool equipment let's just focus on it yeah yeah and i think the music is good in it too like the Mm -hmm. music in the show is often not utilized very well like even when the music itself is like pretty okay or or even good it's not often utilized it's perfect in that like that that's the perfect that a montage like that is a perfect moment to have like your house beats in Mm -hmm. you know (laughs) yeah i really liked it when they did it with spider-man too i think they did it in the first the first episode which i hate but i love that moment you know so i think these moments are great i really wish they would do more of them i love anytime peter's like talking to his uh camera or his uh, well, computer, I guess we'll get to at some point. But yeah, like, that's a weird thing. But that's sure. a weird one. But like, I like those types of things. I like those things that sort of break things up. Um, and this show, I think you mentioned earlier, it's kind of a slower going show. I agree with you. I've said that before. I think it needs those those moments to like kind of break up some of the the slower slower moments. Absolutely, absolutely. It feels you know it kind of feels like a music. It feels like a micro music video, which is perfect yeah. for MTV. Yeah, why not? Like we said, like embrace the MTV of it all if you're going to yeah. do it. When they do it, when it's just like an arm's length or whatever, it's annoying. But when it's very clear that they know that they're a show on MTV and they're yeah. going to just be like, let's let's be a Spider-Man show on MTV, that's mm-hmm. when it's honestly kind of at its best, weirdly yeah. enough. So Yeah, I think yeah. this is a breakthrough episode for me. I, I feel like this episode is helping me understand what this show could 
like what the yeah. full potential of the show is. Sure. And I think knowing that is helping me understand where they're actually nailing it and where they're really missing the mark Yeah. outside of just whether I'm enjoying myself or not. And that's like, this is the episode I needed to clearly see the show. I think. Yeah. I do think, I don't think it makes the previous episodes that we didn't like no. as much better, but I but think it helps it me least... understand why the things worked or didn't work in a, yeah. in a, in a clearer, stronger way. I'd agree with that. I fully agree with that. Yeah. Because I, 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 you know, th- it was hard at some points because like I think there were there were writing things that were easy to point to and say like that doesn't make sense. That doesn't work. That's clunky or whatever. But I think as far as the whole product, which is more than just writing, like it's it's sometimes it was sometimes hard for me to to identify. You know, I say this I say this every time we talk about a show, we try to measure it by whatever whatever metric the show is measuring itself by or whatever it's trying to be. Um, and it was, I was having a hard time pinning that down. Like I didn't have a metric yet and I feel like now I have the metric. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, you know, like we said, all Spidey's, uh, Spidey's big speeches, they don't do anything for talent. She doesn't give a shit, but, but they're not on bad terms necessarily. She's Mm -hmm. annoyed by him, but she's not out to kill him or anything. So before running off, she actually proposes a rendezvous the following evening. Yes. 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 Which the, the the fact that she does this and then what we see next, which is Cheyenne in Harry's bedroom, basically <laughs> saying that she decided to spend one more night in town for him. I mean, it does a couple things. One, it confirms that she did not mean to stick around. She was going to pull off this hit and she was going to book it. Like she did not mean to stick around. That ski trip was her out. Yeah. Um, the yeah. other thing it tells us is that she probably would have left Harry that night. Yeah, right. Because right. the ski trip is probably fake. It's probably just her way of getting out. Oh, for sure. I do think this raises a lot of questions that don't hurt this episode, but again, hurt the idea that she probably doesn't come back. It it Because she's planning to leave this night, it does become less clear why she is dating Harry if the implications from Peter or suspicions from Peter is that she's dating him because he's rich. Like there's a couple things there that could easily tie together later with more exploration, but don't really go anywhere in this particular episode. It's entirely possible. She just finds Harry hot and she's down for a fuck, right? Yeah. That's what I was kind of, how I was reading it. And he's he's hot down for a fuck. And the fact that he is rich means that like whatever they do together is going to be fun. They could do whatever they want. yeah, Yeah. They can do whatever they want. Like, like and that could totally just be it. I think it would be more yeah. interesting if there was more, but that can totally just be it. Right. I mean, the fact that she does decide to go back to him on this night and stick with him for a little while longer, it, that's there is a question there because you could say like, well, if she decided to stick around the city, so why not get another fuck out of it? You know? Yeah. Yeah, or, totally. Because she doesn't or, need to go back. She could have just could, been gone. Right. right. The, well, although the, I guess, I guess... You know what I did think, now that I'm thinking about it, you know what I thought was going to happen, though, is I thought she was going to get caught not leaving because Spider-Man would know that she didn't leave town when she told Harry she would. That's not what happens, but yeah, um, but I guess either that's way, it's, part there's of the a, stakes. It's ambiguous as to like her coming back to Harry. Yes. If she's doing that because she likes him for real and chose to and wanted to spend more time with him or if it's just because she happened to be around for one more night so why not fuck him again kind of thing mm-hmm. yeah. you know and and it's and it's incredibly un- it's totally unknown we're not supposed right. to know at this point 
Right. We're not forever. supposed to know, but it is abundantly <laughs> clear that the two of them fuck. <laughs> oh God, yes. <laughs> if if not before this, this scene certainly certainly lets us know because Spider Man's like looking through a window at them. Um, and he's like, oh shit, like she's here. I got to tell him. And then like, they start to get, get into it. And he's like, oh, <laughs> like crawls off. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Hello, amazing friends. We just wanted to take a quick moment to thank our spectacular and up patrons, Bo, Eric, Steve, Carl, Katie, Mike, and Lillian. If you would like to support our show too, our way of saying thanks is by giving you lots of cool Spidey goodies. You'll have early access to all our episodes, including our AMAs, where we answer your burning questions about anything and everything. And we mean everything. If you join us at our $5 spectacular level, you get to hear us let loose and talk about wackier stuff in our After Dark commentaries or our movie commentaries, where we watch every single Spidey-related theatrical film from the Raimi films to Amazing Spider-Man to Spider-Verse, Venom, Avengers Endgame, and more. And at our amazing tier, we'll invite you to be a guest on our show. That's right, you. You all make our show better, whether it's by sending us word snappers words, making us fan art, joining our Discord community, or just listening to us every week. This is our way of saying thank you for supporting this show and inspiring us to dip into media even we didn't realize was on our radar. Whatever tier you opt into, thank you so much. Whether you're an avid listener or just stopping by, we appreciate you. From your friendly neighborhood podcasters, thank you. So, the next morning... I have so many questions about Dude, this. Dude, I have no answers. Um, no, I don't like... I was going to ask if you could no, answer this for me because I no. know you've watched more. Damn Doug, it. This is literally the only time this happens. This is... Okay, well, this is the worst part of the episode then. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. I don't understand this what is this 100% is. This is 100% the worst part of the episode. Yeah, Peter has <laughs> a Even though I like it as one of those little, those little moments where he's like using technology to reflect, this goes like almost... It doesn't almost go too far. It does go too far because what is this? Right. I don't know. So Peter has a conversation on his computer as if it's like a chat room or something or like like instant messenger. But like he's talking about Spider-Man stuff. His screen name is Webhead. And the thing he's talking to is GS112. I don't know if that's a reference to something or what. It's so it's be, like, right? is this an anonymous person? Is this an AI chat bot? Which did that even exist in 2003? Oh, and if it did, cool. how is it giving him these very specific <laughs> answers and like relationship advice? That's the like, thing. What? Is, chat bots a hundred percent existed. They were not this good. No, it's so bizarre. <laughs> it's so bizarre. And the fact in like, I could, ex- I, I would have no issues if they just like had Peter using a chat bot and it was just really good. It would be like, Oh, that's sure. funny. That's too that's part you of know, comics. Yeah. Like that's, that's technology that did, exist back then but whatever who cares that stuff happens all the time right. there's always like laser guns and shit that can't do right. stuff in real life it's a sci-fi show but they don't say what it is at all they no. don't say what it is whatsoever peter is just chatting with some bot he and he's talking into it too and it's like perfect it's perfect voice recognition yeah, and everything it's voice to text like it's not <laughs> he's not even t- typing what is this i don't know and you know what's frustrating to me about it is it could be cool it could be it something could be. really cool but it's it's not because it doesn't it's it's not explored. It doesn't make any sense. We haven't seen it before. I guess we're never going to see it again. Like, no. What it's if such it's such like- a bummer? Because it it should be okay. Imagine the possibilities, right? This show just completely sever it from the Raimi Raimi trilogy, which it frequently does to itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and imagine this show in the wider Marvel universe, like 
the possibilities for who he's talking to are endless because you could you could create a scenario where he doesn't even know who he's talking to, but he has somehow become reliant on it because of what it knows and how it helps him. That mm-hmm. could then be a force of good or a force of evil that he then discovers is evil or learns to rely on. And it's a good, like, it could be something he built. It could be somebody that he told his identity to that we learn later or have already learned or like there's so many cool things they could do with it yeah and they don't do any of them it's so weird like this could be reed richards that would be sick yeah what if what if it's like a like a you know like chat roulette but instead of like with video instead of with video it's just with chat so it's just like you can just you just get matched with a random person in a chat room which, yeah, it would be kind of cool if, if he's like, well, I feel protected with like talking about being Spider-Man. It's anonymous. It's anonymous. They could never trace me, you know? Like, it's like I, the same idea as, as Spider-Man having a Twitter account in the video game. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a cool idea. Um, just why don't they say what this is? Just tell me what right. it is. I want to know it's, what it is. Because it's know, very that's, off-putting that's and confusing. It and, it, and it takes you out of the scene because, that, because this, is like, this is like Peter's sort of his own solo come to Jesus moment, like figuring out what to do next. Mm -hmm. But I always forget what he's even talking about because I'm just confused about what's happening and why he's talking to this computer. (laughs) Well, and his big like epiphany is prompted by what? I mean, who is that? Like, this is, this is the moment where like the best friend gives you the advice or the stranger on the street. You never see again, like gives you weird magical wisdom. Like there's so you know, like that's what this is, but it's just like some random computer program question mark. (laughs) It's so weird. It's, it's such a, it's yeah, it's bizarre. (laughs) I wonder if this was meant to be involved more. Cause you said if this is the second episode written, yeah. I could see this being a thing where they initially were like, okay, well, he's also going to have this like AI that he talks to. Yeah. And then just true. like dropped it. Cause like later on, you know, there were episodes that they wrote after this, like the lizard one is when he has like voice notes that he listens back to. It's mm-hmm. like, they just decide to replace it with that. Probably, yeah. you know, stuff like that. I mean, it's probably easier to, to get rid of it because you then basically have to write another character. Right. Basically. If it's an AI, <laughs> it would need to be a character. Yeah. Yeah. So weird. But yeah, I mean, he's talking to this AI question mark about his dilemma. Does he tell Harry that his girlfriend is a high profile burglar? We've all been there, right, y'all? So relatable. So relatable. Um, I mean, to be fair, we have all, I feel like it is a common thing to like. It is actually relatable, just in a different circumstance. Yeah, you know (laughs) something about another person that another person doesn't know. And it's like, what is your responsibility to tell that person? Especially if it's like somebody's girlfriend or boyfriend or something, you know? Well, it's easy to translate. It's like, you know, it it, it could be as simple as, you know, we, we, at the top of this episode, we said this could literally just be like, just replace her with like whoever that girl at school is, right? It could be like, I know that this this girl is already dating somebody else. I know that this girl has cheated on somebody before. I know that this girl talked shit on you before like it whatever right. like whatever the bad thing is you know it, it doesn't really matter yeah it's totally it's totally legit question you know and that that's it's a hard thing for anybody to deal with mm-hmm. um and it's and you know you have the added layer of peter having the secret identity of spider-man is how he found out this information right. so right yeah right ultimately he does decide he has to say something so i don't know how he was going to tell harry this but he decides he's going to say something um, i know i would love to see the alternate version where he actually right. tries to have this conversation right. like, what would he <laughs> say the two of them are so bad at talking <laughs> uh, spider-man like c- told me something about your girlfriend <laughs> like what <laughs> 
Um, but, but you, so he goes to find Harry in the kitchen. Uh, we don't know what he was going to say to Harry because, uh, before they can talk, Cheyenne joins them because she's there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Peter is she just like, leave. nope, she didn't leave. Stayed the night. Uh, Peter's like, never mind, gotta go. Uh, but not before <laughs> Harry convinces him to hang out with him and Cheyenne that afternoon. This next scene is, I mean, it, it plays into everything. It's not, it's not pointless or anything, but it's very indulgent and I'm, I'm here for it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's like their it's their it's their one like Raimi moment, you know, their one Raimi trilogy moment. <laughs> it's so it's it's like silly and out of place, honestly, because it's never been referenced in the show, but it's fine. Like it doesn't affect anything, so why not? Right. Do it? it doesn't it doesn't detract from anything. It doesn't like um it doesn't redirect anything, and it does allow Peter and MJ to have a further conversation. So like, I'm totally okay with it for sure. Um, basically they do hang out that afternoon and what they decide to do is like go to a climbing wall at ESU, which is like a fun fun mm-hmm. thing. And it's a, honestly like I've never seen them put Peter Parker in this scenario before, so yeah, I'm kind of excited so. by this idea. Sure. Whoever I had this idea, like pat him on the back. Um Yeah. Because basically he's like, "Okay, well, I can literally climb walls with my superpowers." But I probably shouldn't do that. So you get the moment of him like retracting his weird little like spider <laughs> things that that we see in the Raimi movie, like the little hairs on his mm-hmm. fingertips. They do the zoom in. It's like yep. exactly out of the first movie. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. so funny. Yeah, yeah. So fun little reference there, and just like a fun little Peter Parker slash just any superhero doing athletic things dilemma, mm-hmm. um, in a whole new setting. Uh, and in any case, like it ends in the way that a lot of these do where like somebody challenges him or somebody pokes fun or somebody, you know, whatever he gets pri- like prideful and he just like he ends up using his powers anyway and like climbing to the top of the wall and leaving everybody in the dust. Problem is when he does this, like Mary Jane kind of falls and stumbles. Cheyenne catches her, even though they're like they're totally safe. They're like in harnesses and stuff. Um, but Cheyenne catches her. So Peter kind of misses the whole thing. And then after the fact, this allows him and MJ to talk and, and MJ's basically like, see, she's cool. Like she saved my life, which another great dialogue moment. Peter <laughs> makes fun of her for saying that Cheyenne saved her life in a harnessed situation. Right. And she wasn't <laughs> even that high off the ground. Like you would have no. been fine. <laughs> <laughs> I love it too. Cause he's like, what does he say? I'm glad at least one of us is majoring in drama or something oh, like that. Yeah, it's actually a really funny <laughs> line. It's really good. <laughs> But it, it's all so that they can continue to talk, right? This yeah. little bit of extra time they spend with Cheyenne makes MJ more convinced that she's cool, which is important because Peter is stubbornly insisting she's not, but cannot tell anybody why he doesn't think she's cool. Like yeah. he can't get it. He's just like, oh, I just get a bad feeling. I just don't trust her. I don't know if she's right for him, but cannot come with a, come up with a single argument he would know outside of being Spider-Man for why she's untrustworthy. So of course he's just sort of like at a loss and yeah. can't, he has to just swallow the attitude. Like he has nothing else he can say to MJ. Uh, she just, yeah, I don't know. It seems untrustworthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, she gives me a bad vibes, bad vibes. <laughs> yeah. So that evening as uh Peter prepares to suit up to meet Talon, Harry oh, pops in. I love this moment. So me much. too. So it's really sad (laughs) yeah no oh no i was talking about i just like the little bit because peter's about to suit up oh yeah yeah, just like busts in and so he just has to quickly throw his suit onto the ceiling and web it up oh yeah no that walks in that's really funny i like that Uh, that's that's what i was referring to as funny oh no the rest of this yes very sad funny moment to start out a face (laughs) very sad scene which is a good juxtaposition you know Uh uh-huh i agree i agree yeah because because peter i mean um harry Harry just like wants to hang out. 
because uh, Cheyenne is 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 not around, right? Like she's she she has actually gone on her trip now, right? Right. Supposedly, she would presumably leave. She she yeah. said to Harry that she was sticking around one. She was going to delay night. her. Yeah. Her leaving one night, which so we know like, is because she's pulling off the hit. So yes, and, she would have already said goodbye. So this, this and this felt so super real to me, right? Because you've had friends that have like really in, in like in a very committed relationship, like clearly like love their partner. Their partner goes on like a business trip or something like that, or is gone for a week, and like. And then it's just like, well, what do I do with myself? I'm not used to like being alone right. now. I've spent all of my time the past two weeks with Cheyenne. Like, what? Right. What do I do? <laughs> like, that's such a real thing, and uh-huh. and and I think it's played really well because he's and you know and this this ver- this Harry is written really well in this episode and this scene because like he's not very good at communicating his feelings and obviously struggles with it and like wants to like connect with Peter as a friend and like wants to kind of like just have another person with him to make him not feel sad for being alone in this moment and just like chat and hang out. Uh, But like, I mean, you know, (laughs) Peter, Spider-Man's got stuff to do. Right. Right. Peter's got to bail. So like, and I mean, Harry even says explicitly, like everything's great. I'm just, I'm just, I'm finding myself terrified of a good thing, which is so sad for really him. Sad. It's so sad for him. And I mean, I think that speaks to what you were saying that it's like this is a this is a depressed Harry that's like in a really dark place. She helped lift him out of it, but there's always going to be that kind of anxiety of like, but what if the good thing ends? Like, then I'm just going to go right back to my dark place. Right. I can't have that. Or I'm what terrified. if I fuck it up? You right. Know? Right. Right. All very yeah, look like very real shit. Um, and it, so of course Peter's just like, uh, sorry, I can't buy Spider Man stuff. Ugh, you. Uh. And you know what? Like, I understand that we we know Spider-Man has to go. We know he has to go. That's how the story works. Mm-hmm. But there was still a part of me that's like, all she's doing is stealing stuff, Peter. Right. Just be there for Harry. He's so torn up. And honestly, like, Ian Ziering's performance... It's really good. Incredible. Really good. So good. The animators who, like, rigged all of his facial expressions and all of his body language and everything incredible like this scene is so good like he's so he's so believable these characters that i have felt very little for or from kill it in this moment yeah and and the way that um the way that like ian zarian's like performance so starkly changes when peter shuts him down and tells him yes! he can't hang out as the leave it's yes! like suddenly there's like this really like you can feel like the kind of internalized rage in him and and like mixed with like sadness because it's just like no no it's fine it's fine you know what yeah it's all good no big deal i'm, I'm right. overreacting never mind and like again such a real thing that people do when it's like oh he just is so terrified of confronting yeah. his own feelings. He can't even express that he's mad at Peter right now because he just he can't deal with having to confront that aspect of himself. Right. Right. He he doesn't he he doesn't want to be sad, so he gets mad. He doesn't want to acknowledge that he's mad at Peter, so he gets like aloof. Like it's yeah. so good. And there's like three stages to this whole performance, right? Cuz he comes in being sort of like sort of like, "Hey bro, let's hang out. Let's watch a movie and get some pizza." And then he like starts to open up, which is like a whole different layer to it. And then like you said, he gets he gets sort of shut down and like totally transforms again. Yeah. It's really good. Written well, acted well, animated very well. Like And to Peter's and to Peter's credit, he's not like a complete asshole in this. Like I mean, obviously he's he's very clear. I think they do a good job with his like 
reactions and facial expressions that he is struggling with like what he should do. And right. he does it's at not least, like he's oblivious to yeah. Harry's situation. And he does at least tell Harry, like, I can't now, but how about, you know, we meet back up later tonight, like in an hour or something right. like that. So he leaves an opening for it, which is not as bad as things that this Peter has done before or other Peters. Or any given Peter. Yeah. Yeah. So like it's it's still okay, but like it's still not going to be good enough for Harry, right? Because it's still his friend blowing him off, even if it's like delaying it later. And as we learn later, Peter never shows back up later that night. I think anyway. So like, not that we know, he does of. end up blowing him does end up blowing him off. Well, or honestly, like the the consequence of this is just that Harry doesn't reach out to Peter like that anymore. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean. For like sure. like peter's kind even though peter leaves the door open like it's entirely believable that like that was the opening like the door was open harry opened it for you and you didn't walk through it so he closed it back up yeah i mean we've barely seen him have his relationship with peter to this point on the episodes that we watched hasn't been super great like they don't like hate each other or whatever but yeah but for the most part it's just like huh, some witty barbs at each other and that's like the extent of their relationship it honestly feels more like mary jane is their mutual friend yeah yeah and and this is like kind of the first time where it's just like oh no harry does really trust peter and like wants peter to be around him mm-hmm. for this and like peter is someone he could see comforting him yeah. um and then he loses that. So. This is honestly better than a lot. Not I shouldn't say a lot, but a number of Harrys we've seen that we are told considers <laughs> Peter a best friend. Nineties Harry. Nineties <laughs> Harry is absolutely that. I think. I think amazing movies. Harry is kind. Is very much like. Oh that. Jesus! Yeah. Um. I think. Uh, honestly, honestly, even the Raimi Harry. Raimi Harry, I think, kind of like whiffed that. it in a lot of regards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the only Harry we've seen be this convincing. In this particular moment, because Harry in the show typically isn't, the only Harry we've ever seen this convincing is the 2017 one, yeah. where their relationship is like absolutely adorable and very believable. But it's also like the centerpiece of the show. Like it's right. like the core emotional core. So like uh, yeah. it has to be, you know. Right. I, I do think that a lot of shows just really, I think because I think because a lot of adaptations are so much more interested in getting Harry to the point of becoming another green goblin mm-hmm. that I think they kind of forget to let him and, and Peter be friends. And I think that's a that relationship. I think it's a fantastic point. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Spider-Man does meet Talon outside of what we find out is a technology convention center uh, or a convention center that is hosting a technology convention, I guess. Um, and supposedly there's some sort of like next gen data encryption technology set to debut. I guess this is what Talon is, is trying to steal. We don't really get the details. It also doesn't matter that much. Like I don't, they didn't even really need to include this detail mm-hmm. um, because we don't ever really know what she's stealing or why she's stealing it. We just right. know she likes to steal stuff. Yeah. So fun fact real quick. I just think it's kind of fun given the, the the content of this episode, that reporter that's reporting all this stuff and giving us that exposition voiced by Jennifer Hale, who was oh hell yeah black cat in the nineties. So they got an old, uh, an older black cat to be in their not black cat episode. That is a black cat episode. <laughs> you think there was any moment where she was like, Oh, you want me for this episode? Like, cool. We're, we're doing black cat, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, Oh, um, well, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyway <laughs> anyway yeah they, they meet up they meet up outside this convention center talon begins to sort of do her thing with spider-man just there it's funny because she did set up the rendezvous point and we learn why she does this um not too long from this moment but it's funny when you don't know yet 
that she has invited him here and then is still like super annoyed at him being there. It's, it's like cracking yeah. me up. I was like, you told him to be here. Like you can't be annoyed. You told him <laughs> yeah, to be here. That's a good point. <laughs> that's a really good point. But it does make sense. It does end up making sense because ultimately like they, they continue their conversation where Spider-Man tries to like be this life coach. She calls him a bad social worker. Like he's like, <laughs> you, you're better than this. You're too smart for this, which I get her being annoyed. Like he does not know her. And from her perspective knows literally nothing about her. Like Peter barely knows anything about her. (laughs) Right. So it is an annoying conversation, even though we're supposed to be on his side, he's very annoying. Mm -hmm. Um, And basically like after this conversation, she sort of like turns around, does a like knowing smirk and is like, Oh, and by the way, when you said I was too smart, I agree. And then is revealed that like, her whole plan was to bring him there so that she could make him the fall guy for what she's about to do. Like, that's why the rendezvous was there in the first place. She basically was like, you know what? If I'm going to have to be here another night and if this guy's going to keep pestering me, I may as well set him up. Love it. It's Love brilliant. It. Brilliant. <laughs> it's great. Cunning. It doesn't go well, Just, but it's brilliant. <laughs> sure. No, I mean, it's a good plan. And I mean, it speaks, I mean, like she's smart and she's also like kind of ruthless, not in like a super like dark and violent way, but just in that it's sort of like, all right, you know what? I got my fall guy. You're annoying. So I'm going to mm-hmm. make you my fall guy. Right. Like- <laughs> You're going to keep bothering me. It's, you know, it's using, it's, it's using his, like his metaphorical weight against him. If you're going to keep coming up against me and you're going to keep charging at me, I'm going to yeah. anticipate that and then move out of the way at the exact right moment. And then you're just going to take yourself out. Like that's yeah. what she's doing. It's great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's really, really good. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Unfortunately, what this does mean is that the police are there. Like, if, if if he's going to be a fall guy, she is kind of relying on somebody showing up to catch him. Problem is, <laughs> she can't get away in time to not also be caught. Like, Spider-Man is very fast, <laughs> mm-hmm. is a smart guy, has superpowers. So she has the right plan and the right idea. I think she just maybe underestimates how quick Spider-Man is on his feet, yeah. <laughs> literally and figuratively. <laughs> so he does prevent her from getting away. And this means that both of them are surrounded by these like police helicopters, like flying all around. Because they're like, this convention center is really high. They're like many, many stories up. And so there are all these helicopters. She, She's like, well, shit. She sets off a flashbang in an attempt to lose Spider-Man specifically. Problem with that is then it alerts the police to exactly where they are. And she ends up getting shot in the leg by a police helicopter, which... Caught me off guard. I don't know uh, why. Probably because this episode felt so different than the other episodes we've watched so far. Mm-hmm. I forgot that we just shoot guns in this one, in this show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so she legitimately gets shot in the leg with a bullet and is bleeding. Like you see her bleeding. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and this is, uh, I will say this is the kind of like violence that I don't have an issue with because I, oh, I don't like, either. Kind of, it's, it's totally vital to the plot and everything. Mm-hmm. This isn't just like dude gets his head smashed for Sarah to be blood. Cause there can be like, right. It's important to the plot. And it's a thing that would happen if, if, if the cops were trying to take down the yeah. robbers that they're going after. Everything's you know? set up properly, like for yeah. what happens to get to this point and yeah. what happens afterwards. Yeah. It's, it's like, good yeah, usage. It's, really... it's good usage of not being a Saturday morning cartoon. That's allowed to have like violence mm-hmm. like this. It's a good use of that violence. Yeah. This isn't just like the police shooting at Spider-Man because you can have the police shooting at Spider-Man. Right. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that. 
when Spidey realizes she's been shot, he shouts out her name, Cheyenne, which she's like, how do you know that? What? And he's she's so annoying about it. He's so annoying. And I, it, 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 but like when you see it from her perspective, right? Yeah, like yeah. he's not annoying to me specifically as a viewer, but like if you put yourself in her shoes, he is the most annoying. Because <laughs> so if, if the cops hear that, he's now outed her to the cops. Right. Like, that's information right. that they have about her that they <laughs> didn't have before. On top of before. how the fuck do you know this about me? Right. <laughs> have you right. been following me? <laughs> yeah. Have you been investigating? Like, who are you? <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Like you're just ruining everything. You weirdo. Right. You, you kind of just got me shot and now you're screaming my name. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and again, but again, it's, it's all really well written. So like everything he's doing makes sense, but it also makes sense that she would be supremely annoyed. <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course. Spider-Man is often very annoying. So, you know, checks out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like, um, the, the helicopters begin to close in. Talon is able to get away by jumping off the side of the building to in escape. In the coolest way possible. Super cool. It's super cool. Spider-Man jumps after her, but uh, but he's not able to like catch up with her. He realizes he's totally lost her, actually. So she has to flip off, flip off. Why is it so cool when people like jump off of something backwards? Like when they just know, stand man. there and fall backwards? Maybe because it's, it's like, terrifying. So- and it's like just it's the scariest fucking thing. The utter confidence of it. The fact yeah. that you have no fear to just like leap into the literally leap into the unknown. You can't even yeah. see where you're falling. Like, I think that it's just like the utmost it's pure guts. Thing. It's yeah. pure fucking guts. Yeah. And it's like she didn't need to. But like, no, I'm glad that she did. Yeah. <laughs> it's cool. So cool. Yeah. And then just disappears. <laughs> uh huh. This is like, I'm sad. I want more. <laughs> I know. I mean, she's just that good. <laughs> just as black cat should be. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Very good black cat y'all wrote here. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So the next day, uh, (sighs) this is also sad. So the next day, Peter watches as Harry gets broken up with over the phone. Over the phone. It sucks. It sucks. It sucks. It sucks so much. And he's like arguing with her. And like what sucks too is like you don't even hear her side of it. You're only hearing Harry's side and him just constantly being like, but what about, but like why, why can't you come back? I don't understand. What mm-hmm. did I do? What's happening? Um, uh. and, and she's just, she's just gone and never coming back is all she's telling him basically. Yep. And he curses himself for getting too close to someone. <sighs> Hearts breaking for this yep. poor depressed man. Yep. You know the the in, the sort of ingredients are are right there for this Harry Osborne. Should he become another Green Goblin at some point in his life, however long down the road this series you know could go or does go or whatever, like to be that, but from a different sort of perspective, right? I feel like this sort of this this Harry who feels like things are his fault that feels like he can't get close to people that is in a really dark place specifically like intertwined with his interpersonal relationships could end up being like an incredibly reckless version of green goblin as opposed to a very calculated um, version of green goblin who's not even necessarily driven by revenge so much as driven by just like a lack of care for himself and like a general pointlessness and nihilism you know um Mm -hmm. and i think it's kind of cool that we're seeing those little bits and pieces i have no idea if that happens in this show because i have no idea what all they get to in one season of the show and i know where things go in the trilogy 
So I don't know what they were told to do or not to do. So I have no, once again, I have no idea how this particular Harry relates to a hairy version of green goblin. Right. Um, but I, I am intrigued with the way it is building. It is interesting. Yeah. It, it would definitely be an interesting route to take for a, for a green goblin, the sort of like suppressed rage and grief that he kind of holds for himself, you know, and right. self-loathing rather mm-hmm. than just like just purely revenge and then goes mad. Like it's right. usually what it amounts to. Unfortunately, right. it could be a really like complex layered version of, of yeah. Harry. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, Peter does try to like make him feel better. He proposes that they hang out and talk over a dozen donuts, and Harry does agree. Uh, so he at least has Peter in this moment, which he didn't before. So yes, I'm glad that that's where they end it, especially given their last conversation. Yeah, for it sure. It means the door isn't closed, you know. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Also, I want to imagine that they like went down to a little shop, just like in the 2017 one, <laughs> and they just sit at their little like window seats, like looking out at the street and eating donuts together. <laughs> oh, that's so wholesome! <laughs> donuts instead it. of smoothies, you know? Yeah, you know what I? One thing I like about this episode too, in addition to like a lot of stuff we talked about, is that it's. I feel like it's very common to have a story, especially with Spider-Man, but I guess with any superhero, where like the superhero's love interest is dating someone who is a villain or something. Mm -hmm. And so they play up like, you're just jealous because you secretly like me. And what's funny is that for one, it's with Harry, not with Mary Jane, but they still play up. Like Mary Jane thinks that Peter is jealous of Harry. Yeah. I like that. (laughs) It's really good. Like, it's really fun. Yeah. Where he like, he resents Harry's girlfriend because now Harry's spending more time with his girlfriend instead of Peter friend. Yeah. Which again, it's a very real thing that exists, but I don't feel like you, but I don't feel like you really see it in TV or at least in like superhero stuff very much. You always see the like Mary Jane doesn't know she's dating a villain type of thing, but you you very rarely see just like the two bros (laughs) dealing with that jealousy. I feel like this, I feel like this particular scenario is probably, and maybe I'm just speaking from the perspective of a dude, but like, I feel like this scenario is far more common in everyday life life where like dudes who have a hard time communicating to each other their feelings would be in this scenario where it's like well I just want to spend time with you because you're my friend and now I'm like sad because you're spending time with your girlfriend like we're we're like not socialized to have those conversations right so like I feel like this this very specific scenario probably happens a lot between male friends yeah Um, it's true that's literally where bros before hoes comes from. Exactly. You know? <laughs> exactly. So I feel like this is incredibly realistic. So it's weird that we don't see it more. Yeah. Yeah. I just found that. I found that kind of cool. And I like yeah. that the episode literally calls that out. Like yeah. Mary Jane legit makes fun of him for it. It's funny. Yeah. And you know what? I just realized this is the, you know, we've sat on a, a couple different series that Mary Jane Watson's superpower is interpersonal relationships, right? Like she sees mm-hmm. the things other people don't see. Um, and is able to sort of like interject and try to like navigate some of those things or facilitate some of those things. We get a taste of that here. It's like kind of, it doesn't reach its full potential because she is currently in the middle of a interpersonal conflict with Peter, but like her, her attempting to intervene or like resolve what's going on between Peter, Harry and Cheyenne is actually like quite 
insightful, you know? I mean, yeah. she, given the information she has. Well, and I think it speaks to the fact that that happens in an episode where this is really the only one so far where Mary Jane isn't spending the entire fucking episode just pining after Peter and saying oh weird God. shit to get him to admit his feelings to her. Mm-hmm. She doesn't, I don't feel like she does that at all in this episode to my memory. No, I don't think she does either. Which is sad that it's a first in the series so far. Yeah. It's like, wow, this is the one episode where Mary Jane isn't trying to force Peter to tell her he loves just her. Just love me. <laughs> it's like, yeah, guess what? You can sometimes write your female characters yeah. just being a person. <laughs> oh, weird. It's almost like having women in the writer's room helps you write women properly. Wow, weird how that works. Huh? huh. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Look, just looking at the empirical evidence here in this particular episode, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> we get two well-written women. <laughs> Oh, who are boy. written very differently. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Uh. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Let's talk about these Do they ever have a conversation with each other? Mary Jane and Cheyenne. Yeah. I mean, I know um, the Bechtel test is flawed, but like, especially because well, this is written by a woman, but I'm not, curious. I, I, wasn't noti- I wasn't paying attention to that. I mean, I think it's, it's always in the context of a group is the thing. So like, I think they interact with each other during dinner and then when Cheyenne like saves her with the rock climbing, they probably say a couple of things to each other there. That would probably be the interaction that would technically pass it is like if they talk to each other on the rock wall, but yeah, but they they barely do. They barely do. But at the very least, like honestly with this show, I give it credit that they're not like competing for the same guy or something. Uh They're not jealous of each other. That already is a plus in my book, given what we've seen, not with just this, with this show, but just with many shows. Also Mary Jane meets Cheyenne through the context of her male friend dating her. So like, it's going to be the first stuff they talk about. Right. And wants them to be together and thinks and thinks she's and talks very highly of her and thinks she's great. So yeah. Yeah. And therein lies sort of the flaw with the Bechtel test, right? This is still sure. a good representation of two women. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> Let's talk about these faces of the episode. Yeah. I, I just, they stood out to me. Like the, the expressiveness, maybe because the comedy was landing and the banter was landing. And those are sort of things that I felt haven't landed before. But the facial expressions that Peter and MJ have when they learn that Harry Osborne might actually have feelings uh, for Cheyenne are hilarious. And like, I could have taken so many more screen grabs because all the faces they make are just so ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. It's, My it's favorite. Funny. And this is, this was a hard one to capture. Cause it's such a teeny tiny brief moment is Mary Jane hunched over and drinking her coffee, looking at Harry with suspicion. <laughs> yeah. Like they didn't like, she's drinking her coffee in the weirdest position, but it's exact. It makes perfect sense. It makes also, context, yeah. this isn't something that you can screen grab, but I forgot to bring it up. But because we're talking about this particular moment, they actually animate Mary... This is so unnecessary, but they animate Mary Jane swallowing her coffee. Like, there is a moment that I believe is meant to be read as she's she's in disbelief, so she hasn't swallowed her coffee yet, realizes she hasn't swallowed her coffee, swallows it, and then begins to talk. Oh, like, wow. It's, That's Rad. I think that's what they're trying to communicate. If not, they stumbled into a really incredible like sequence of facial expressions. Good for well, but but no, I think it all. Ch- I would believe it though because, like I said, we said back in the first episode, they were very clear in all the behind the scenes stuff that like honestly, like facial expressions to them were more important even than yeah. action sequences because that that felt like that just felt like communicating characterization 
for one, I think they could just do it better than, than mm-hmm. a lot of action stuff, but also like you can convey more stuff story-wise and it's something that, that is harder to do in 2G animation that if you can nail it in 3D animation can be very, very effective. Yeah. Um, and and I, so, yeah, I, I fully believe that they just are really good when it comes to the details with, with that, with their reactions to things. Yeah. I, it just, it really stood out to me, the, their anime, like their facial expressions and even just their body, their body movement and body language in this scene, just such a standout scene. Yeah. This yeah, is really, I mean, this is, this is going to be like a, you know, if I were going to make a list of like my favorite things from this series, uh, even by the end of us covering this, I feel like this particular scene where, where Harry tells them he has feelings for a girl is going to be in that top 10. Yeah. I like it. I like it. The other thing I like, the other just random detail from this episode that I like, I always like when you see Spider-Man swinging in that position where he's Ooh, like upside yes, down. Yes. Like, what, what would you, I don't know yes. how you describe it. Like, it's almost like a sitting position, but he's upside down it's, and just casually swinging, you know? It's it's a completely unnatural, it's, it's such a quintessential Spider-Man pose, yeah. I think, because it's so unnatural and like but it still the type so of cool. thing you can only do if you're hanging upside down with the amount of strength that he has. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, no, it is so good. And and they use it really good too. They use it in a couple ways. They use it in the sort of like descending stealthily moment, but they also do a really funny thing where like she's fleeing from him and he just like swings stationary in that position, like across the screen. Yeah. Talking just like to her. be annoying to her. So funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Incredible. That's, really, that's, really, really great stuff. When what the, this, I do think this show does Spider-Man's um, like contorting his body and like his, his poses mm-hmm. and stuff. I think this show does nail that more times than it doesn't. Yeah. Um, and, and it looks really good when it does. Yeah. And I, I just, I love that moment a lot. I think it's actually in the opening credits for like a split second too. Probably. So I, they clearly knew that it was good. <laughs> if it's not that's a mistake yeah <laughs> yeah i derek i this episode oh, doug i'm so glad I'm so me glad. too I'm so me too <laughs> i was hoping we would have an episode it, just even just one episode like this and we've got it yeah. you know yeah. Yeah, and I think we'll have more than just this one. Even if this is the best one, right? Yeah, I think there's, there's like, I still believe there is potential for there to be more to the show than, than what those first episodes, the first four episodes we covered was. Well, and they're still good, even if, even if episodes themselves aren't good overall. There's still good elements to to look forward to. Like, even if they don't always nail the whole story like they mm-hmm. do in this episode, I think like some of the some of the weird things that we were missing or things that just like they totally failed at, I think will, will work in future episodes. You know, you need to know what the success looks like to, to, to properly measure whether they're succeeding. I think, right. Yeah, for sure. Like there are certain things, like you said, this episode doesn't make previous episodes better, but when I'm seeing them thriving, then I can identify those moments of, okay, yes, here, this is the type of thing you succeeded in this moment. And I know you did because I saw you do it so well before. Clearly, right. this is what you're aiming for, right. you know? Right. Yep. Yep. Good episode. So good. This is uh, good. This is what the show should be. This feels, episode is what this show should be. Feels so good finally talking about something good again. It felt like it, yeah. we hadn't even, it was, hadn't even been that many episodes, but it felt like we'd been in like the slog for such a long time. <laughs> and now it's like, yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we've never had a stretch of episodes. I mean, it, it, this is a testament to, to I think both the shows we cover, but also how we cover shows um, that we've never had 
a stretch of four episodes that we struggled to say more positive things about than negative things, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I, I mean, I'm happy too, because there was, you know, I was worried, I was worried about you for a little bit there, Derek, because like, <laughs> I, I felt like you were having an identity crisis a little bit, not an identity crisis, but I feel like you're having a little bit of a crisis where it was like, like, uh, am I, am I, am I remembering so poorly <laughs> this show, uh, that I've, I've like, what, what like, what are, what's everything I've ever said about this show on, on the podcast and should I be regretting it? Like, it felt like that's what you were going through. <laughs> And so I'm so glad we could get to an episode that it's like, no, there were absolutely things about the show that resonated in the right way, yeah, <laughs> you know, definitely, definitely. And then hold up pretty, and then hold up well too. Yeah. I so. think this one holds up really, really well. I mean, even, yeah. even with the animation, like I think, I think when you maximize your tools, you don't need to be doing the best thing possible. Sure. You just yeah. need to be doing the best thing you can do. And I feel like this episode is doing the best things that this show can do. Absolutely. Could they make a better CGI show now? Absolutely. But like the tools they had, they're they're using them the right way on this one. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So yes, I like this one a lot. I'm very happy we got here. Uh and it just feels nice. I feel good. Mm-hmm. Uh you know what also make me feel good? What's is that? if we got more patrons on our Patreon. Oh my god, me too. Yeah. So if you'd like to support what we do can join our Patreon at any level, patreon.com slash wallopingwebsnappers. We have a bunch of bonus content starting as low as $1 a month. Um, any Anything you contribute really helps us out and helps us keep doing what we're doing. And you get access to tons and tons, hours and hours, episodes and episodes, over 100 episodes of extra stuff, sometimes about Spider-Man multimedia, sometimes about not Spider-Man related things at all. So a whole wealth of material there for you. Uh, and check out our Discord as well if you want to chat with us. Now that we've actually <laughs> said positive things about this show, uh, <laughs> maybe you know, maybe if you if you were a fan of the show and maybe felt like God, I don't want to go in there. Are they just gonna like trash the show in the Discord too? Pop in because I think we're gonna have po- positive feelings about it. We could have some fun, fun positive conversations mm-hmm. about it. I'm still gonna make fun of the shit that I don't like in this show, but well, yeah, this is I know that it can be good. Otherwise, if you'd like to find us individually, where can we find you all over the internet, Doug? Sure. Well, the best place to start is certainly Twitter, at Ikibouli, I-C-K-Y-B-O-O-L-E-Y. You'll be able to find everything I'm working on there, including my Pokemon podcast called Victory Road here on the 4-Eyed Radio Network, where I get together with friends and just talk about whatever's happening in the moment. And if you like books and video games, you can listen to me on a podcast called Novel Gaming, uh, which I do with my friends Katie and Vicky, and we catch up on all the media we've been consuming lately. What about you, Derek? Sure, you can find me on Twitter at Derek B. Gale. You can also find my other podcast, Gimmicks, which is a podcast that looks at the high-concept, experimental, structure-breaking gimmick episodes of television with a different show and different guest every week. You can find that anywhere you get your podcasts, or you can follow it on Twitter and Instagram at GimmicksPod. Also, check out our monthly podcast that Doug and I do together called Falling with Style, an ongoing Pixar movie marathon, where we're watching every Pixar film chronologically. Our episode on Cars 3 is out now, wherever you get your podcasts. And visit us on our website at wallopingwebsnappers.com for a full archive of all of our episodes of both Walloping Web Snappers and Falling with Style as well. And you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at wallopingwebpod or email us at wallopingwebsnapperspodcast at gmail.com. And if you could, please rate, review, and subscribe to us on any podcast platform that you use. A rating 
definitely helps. The more ratings we get, uh, the easier it is for people to find us if they're looking for good Spider-Man shows. And if you're feeling extra generous, leave us a review. That would be great, too. Next week, Peter gets caught in a hostage situation that you might call a tight squeeze. Ooh. Yeah. See See you then. then. Jinx.